Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. We haven't played a real NFL game. I mean, the preseason's, yeah, it's a good barometer, but you're not going against everybody's top talent all the time. And a lot of guys that are playing, uh, especially later in those games, you know, shoot, some of these guys won't even be on your rosters. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Season football tomorrow. Alex Strofe dialed in. Do you have your whole Saturday scheduled around the Packers game at noon? Um, actually, I'm going to the Brewers game tomorrow. Lucky you. I wanted to go wow. tonight and not. I mean, I, again, I'm indifferent on the Brewers, but mainly it's my daughter's a huge Harry Potter fan. Mm. And so I saw the other day it's Harry Potter night tonight. Ah, okay. I, I was like, there? I'm getting there. And so I tried to get free tickets. I couldn't get free tickets. So then I said, ah, she'll live. She's not a baseball <laughs> fan. <laughs> I mean, like, she's not a baseball fan. So I was like, I don't need to pay for all four of us to go. I feel like I get like two free tickets. I gave it a shot. Yeah. Didn't happen. We didn't have any. So I asked late. I'm upset about it. Chris Sawyer, you heard him laugh right there. You heard him last night. With Alex Strofe and Dennis Semrau on the high school football game. What game were you guys calling? Stoughton and Wisconsin Rapids. Great job, Chris. Yeah. And who won the game? Stoughton. What was the final score? 28-6. to six. Wow. I'm and impressed. <laughs> <laughs> CT's not that bad, man. This is uh, Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Alex with Mountains Blue, you know what to do. And that's Crush at Coors Light. You earned a Coors Light because you helped me bring the Coors Light up from my truck. 96 of them. Yes, we had <laughs> 96 Coors Lights. Uh, Chris, you're welcome to join us. Alex and I have decided after the show we're going to crack Coors Light Ooh. and hang out for a little bit. Okay. So. To join us for a little happy hour? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here, uh, you maybe we'll make our way to the third floor. It was nice. Weather outside today for the first time. Well, you're probably. What does this weather mean for you? Not today. Today's nice. Yeah, the and I days. lived in Florida, and it wasn't Florida hot because Florida hot is like swampy. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. stick. Like you're mm-hmm. immediately sweaty when you yeah. walk outside. This was more of like what I imagine. I was recently in Oklahoma, so. I'm kind of projecting Texas hot, which is more like I walked into an oven. Yes, yes. It's literally <laughs> literally like sitting in an oven. The air is hot. Like the air that you breathe, you feel the heat off of it. Like when it. you open an oven. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, my. just like opening an oven. Yeah. It, yeah, that's that's the perfect way to describe Texas heat. Unless you get down to, like, Houston, then that's where you get a little swampy, kind of like Louisiana, but just like Florida, to be honest. And so the biggest thing that I, I, I've kind of def- defined between the two is that the Florida swampy heat is just bad all the time. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's never mm-hmm. okay. You just it just feel gross and worn down. This one it wears you down throughout, but you can uh, like it's not worse the longer you're out there. Like I took yeah. my kids to like a splash pad and they were outside. My wife has we have a pool in the backyard, so she was out there with them. And like you initially get outside and it's hot, yeah. But then it's like okay, but now about your five you're minutes, to deal it's, with it. yeah, your yeah. body adjusts. The swampy hot, it's just like. Ah, this never ends. See, see, but the difference see, in Texas, though, like, when you get up in the morning, it's 90. Yes. It's 90 in the morning, and it's a little humid in the morning. And then by noon, it's, it's 105. <laughs> and it's, it's staying in the triple digits until 8 or 9 o'clock at night. 
which is crazy. That's why I was shocked that they pushed the game back because I played some high school games in triple digits. I was shocked that they pushed the game yeah, back. I mean, it's nice. It's it's nice that they do it. Yeah, right. I just, <laughs> I just had never – I personally had never experienced that. You just learn to deal with it down in Texas. They, they just have to deal with it. But I think they're, you're a little bit used to it, though. Yeah, for sure. You, it, you it, spent your whole summer yeah. in the triple digits. These kids out here, no, not, not at all. You can see it, it took effect last night, for sure. Oh, for it, sure. it wears – I mean, look, that's a real thing when you go play the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. If you go play the Dolphins in, mm-hmm. like, September, October, yep. it, it is another mm-hmm. level of hot that those – uh, especially a, a team from the north, mm-hmm. you're just not used to just no. jumping back into that. No, not at all. And it takes a little time, and you, I've seen it. The, the, and there's a little bit of South Beach flu sometimes when, yeah. <laughs> when, when you play the Dolphins as well. But, Chris, you heard it in the open, and you get into the show, 844-770-3776. We're live mm-hmm. from the Everlight Solar Studio. And Matt LaFleur, and I've maintained this. I went off on Sean Clifford the other day. People got mad about it. but <laughs> Well, it's just this idea that – Trying to project, like Jordan Love, if you want to say, hey, the guy looks like he's capable, right? and that he looks like he's not a, a pee pants back there, okay, right. but we kind of knew this. Jordan Love, this is not that different than the, the Shelly saw against Philadelphia. Like, you give him a clean pocket, right. you give him a, a, a clean throw, he'll make that throw, he can make the throw accurately, he can make all the NFL throws. Right. We know all that. Mm-hmm. What we don't know is what happens when he gets hit or mm-hmm. the line collapses, or yep. he sees exotic defenses and a lot of different things going on, and teams for have sure. to. So you're not going to get a lot. Like right. for me, if they're the Packers are playing Jordan Love this weekend, it's just to kind of keep him a little bit yeah. fresh. Yeah, I think yeah, Mike yeah. Tomlin said like, "Hey, it's hard to box if you don't spar." Mm-hmm. And so, like for me, this is like sparring. Yeah. Get out there and do it. And for like Sean Clifford. He's not Brock Purdy. Like, I no, mean, because no. John Clifford, I mean, I feel like he played Penn State long enough. You might have played against him, but like, yeah. he's 25 years old. And he's a fully cooked football player, but also, like, he's like a Brett Favre type clone of like, mm-hmm. he's got a strong arm and he slings it, mm-hmm. but he throws a lot of interceptions, yeah. makes a lot of wild throws. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be even worse in the regular season. Yeah. Like, he screams, this is not going to be good if he has to play. Like, Purdy sure. is a player, and there's a few others. Aiden O'Connell from Purdue is, mm-hmm. seems like I have a nice person. Yep. They're just getting the ball out. Like, hey, yep. Wherever coach tells me to put it, I'm going to put it down. Yep. I'm going to get it out as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to air it deep, and I'm going to make all my decisions super quick yep. and just be the, the coach's kid. And yep. I have a ceiling, and it might not be that high, but you, my floor is pretty high. Yep. And I think Clifford's not that guy. Clifford no. looks like he's just running around having fun. That's For sure. what he was at Penn State. For sure, yeah. No, he's, he's definitely just slinging around. Definitely has a strong arm, but the decisions, like, the decisions that he makes, I, I love the allusion to Brett Favre. <laughs> Because Brett Favre was a great quarterback, but he also threw some dangerous balls, like real gutsy throws, which is what Sean Clifford's doing. I don't know. I mean, I think he's just trying to win also. I think he tr- he understands that he's going to play majority of the snaps and that if you get a win, that, that reflects well on him. So I think that might be a reason for some of his uh, hasty decisions. But the one thing, like Brock Purdy, you mentioned Aiden O'Connell, but uh, even Brian Leftwich said this about Tom Brady, is that if the first read's open, you take it, yep. throw it. The second read's open, you take it and throw it. Third, then you're down to your check down, just like clockwork, every single play. Which is why it seems that they're not making as bad of decisions and they're steadily moving the ball downfield. And it's just a good good drive, good series. I just I just hate that we've gotten so caught up in this in this world of we need an athletic quarterback. We need people that can throw off these weird platforms and do these different things. When if you take a decent quarterback and you get him surrounded with the right talent and he just does his job every play, 
you're going to be able to go pretty far. Like, you saw that with the 49ers. I think that getting that done in the preseason sets a precedent for what you're going to do for the year. I think it's just a baseline. I think the preseason is just a baseline. Well, that's a good thought, even with the wide receiver part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, again, Romeo Dobbs, like, for an example, I know on the last drive for the Packers, the top two corners for New England were out mm-hmm. against the Bengals. All their starters, but one route. So right. the idea of Jordan Love's making the right decision. Mm-hmm. What he's asked to be doing is that, hey, he drops back. Yep. His first read is open. He throws it to his yep. first read. He has a clean pocket. Mm-hmm. So we know that Jordan Love, that's what we could take away from the preseason, is that Jordan Love knows that, hey, what I should be doing is throwing it to my guy. Yep. If my first read's open, just get him the ball. Yep. And don't try to progress or look for the big play. Yep. Just make the simple play. And that's not nothing. Mm-hmm. But that's about all we can – now we, we'll figure out, like, when right. teams scheme to, to stop Christian right. Watson, right. can Jordan get to 2-3 with right. the rush? Come? Those are all left in the air. Now, right. Alex Stroh, you're trying to anoint uh, Jordan Love into the Hall of Fame. Do you think that's a fair? <laughs> Honestly, I think Chris put a really good way to look at this Packers preseason. Is not, we know that Jordan Love is smart enough to say, hey, my mm-hmm. first guy is open. That's where I'm throwing it. And yep. you know what? In the preseason, that happens nine times out of ten mm-hmm. because there's yeah. not a rush. There's not an exotic defense. Mm-hmm. It's shells. And so that, to me, is the... Which is not nothing. Like it's a good Correct. first step for Jordan Love that we know that Jordan Love will should with you know will again when things get down and, but like to start the game Jordan Love's gonna drop back and look for his first read. Yep. Jimmy, you're absolutely correct. And, and if he keeps doing that for the next 16 years, he'll he'll win as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady, right? Like <laughs> that's what Tom well, Brady did for Tom, his entire career. No, now no, Jordan wait, Love's wait, the next one. Wait, wait, but I don't think we saw Jordan go to read two in any of his big plays. Like he said that Tom starts with read one, then go two, three, four. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Jordan Love's gonna figure that out, right? Like he's gonna get in there. He's gonna, he's well, gonna he's gonna dice up some defenses. Here's where I'll get so every de- every defense right. that Jordan Love plays the first four years of the season. Are going to have to call Chris Orr after week one because they're going to need so much help because they're going to be like, wow, all right, all right. this guy just tore us to so, shreds. So Alex isn't going to be serious today. So, like, with the, the, like, I'm being dead serious. A big part of what the development of Christian, of uh, uh, Jordan Love will be with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs mm-hmm. because look at what the Bills did with Josh Allen. Josh yep. Allen got a lot better mm-hmm. because Stephon Diggs was yep. added. Why did that make him better? You just said it. Yeah. Yeah. Stephon Diggs gets open. Josh mm-hmm. Allen's first read is Stephon Diggs. Okay, there you go. Yep. You got yep. it. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown. Yep. Got it. For sure. Justin Fields, D.J. Moore. Yep. I mean, now Justin can drop back. My first guy's open. I'm just going to throw it to you. Yep. Like, now yep. all of a sudden, everything looks better. Yep. And if Christian Watson makes a big jump, that'll help uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Love a lot. Yeah, there's also going to be a big difference for what Jordan Love's going to see in the regular season, especially with – People trying to take Christian Watson away. And, I mean, the one thing that he does great is he stretches the field. So people are going to play a lot of coverages to keep him from hurting you deep and not necessarily to knock on his short or intermediate game, but that's just not – that's not his most – Vital weapon that he that he carries to be honest. That's not his strength. Yeah, Yeah. that's not his strength. Like you stretch the field, you're a deep threat. That's who you are. Once that's taken away, you really need somebody else to emerge out the receiver room. Like you need you need a second option. Like Justin Jefferson, as as great of a player as he is, one of the reasons why he was so good was because he couldn't have so much attention because they still had Adam Thielen there. So. The emergence of like Romeo Dobbs and some of these other younger receivers are going to be vital to the success that Jordan Love and the Packers offense has, to be honest. Uh, Robin Madison chimes in, I'll take Michael Vick over Purdy. Now, like, <laughs> but, like be, you do hit on this part of it, be, uh, Chris, is that, yes, Michael Vick, Chris Orr, even Aaron Rodgers at his mm-hmm. you know, peak, Tom was never really athletic, but right, Rodgers right, right. was. I mean, and so Mahomes, mm-hmm. Vick... 
uh, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. wire people, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. They like, have what you can't coach. Right, and and even we know uh, that uh, Justin Fields is, I mean, he's literally in the Hall of Fame yeah. as a running quarterback already, <laughs> so we know he can run. We don't know if he can throw. Right. So those are different things, but you want, but that's that's like trying to find he or him, you know, mm-hmm. like a needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. So to your point, it's like, the 49ers have kind of said, yeah, we'll, we took our shot at Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. That was a dumpster fight. That was right. a disaster. I don't even think it's all Trey Lance or the 49ers. He breaks his ankle, the yeah, pandemic, so all these things. Mm-hmm. It's just there's so many other factors that work in For sure. or work against the quarterback. But regardless, they always have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of teams in the NFL are trying to, to figure that out of like, okay, we have we – have, uh, Trey Lance, that doesn't work. Okay, we got Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. You know, Chicago, they've got this undrafted rookie they're trying to keep around now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's having a nice preseason. And, and other teams are doing the same thing of like, option A, we right. want this elite guy that's going to be yep. a star. But what is the Titans? Mm-hmm. Well, they have Tannehill. They drafted, um, who's the guy they drafted from Ole Miss? Uh, Willis? Is that Malik Willis? Yeah, Malik, Malik Willis. Willis. Was yeah. he Ole Miss? He, I want to say oh, he uh, transferred from there to Liberty. Yeah, you're right. He yeah. started at yeah, Ole Miss yeah. Liberty. Liberty. Yes. Good pull. Yeah. And then. Uh, they also have uh, Levis, mm-hmm. so they have they have three bites at the apple. Like one of these dudes will figure it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. somebody's gonna figure it they're out. They're a fascinating case study. They are because they've gone early quarterback the last two years, right? Yeah. The first two rounds, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think Willis was second, and Levis was early. He was the first pick of the second round this yeah, year. Yeah, something like that. Um, and it's weird how it's been shaken out, mm-hmm. right? Like it seems like Levis might be the second stringer, Willis mm-hmm. might fall back to third. But you look at San Francisco too, as you brought up, like. Trey Lance was the bite at the apple, and now all of a sudden, Mr. Irrelevant, or just, was he Mr. Irrelevant yeah. or one pick prior? He was Mr. Irrelevant. Okay, so Mr. Irrelevant is now the starter, and your third overall pick is third string. And your backup is Sam Darnold, who they're trying to basically... Who's the top five pick, too. Which yeah. they're trying to sell someone else, like, hey, let Trey Lance be your so, Sam Darnold. I guess it just proves, in terms of quarterback play, nothing is a gimme. Right, yeah. like as uh-huh. much as you think, like looking at next year, right? Caleb Williams seems like the gimme mm-hmm. uh, out of USC, and then Drake May from North Carolina, shout out Phil Longo. What is the other guy, right? Like those mm-hmm. are the two guys, and they're going to come in and change the faces of a franchise. Yep. But it's never that easy. Yeah, it's never that easy. Well, you know why? Except for the Green Bay Packers, because Jordan Love is going to be your third Hall of Famer. <laughs> you know why? It's because the college, the college football game and the NFL game are completely different. Majority of quarterbacks in college, honestly. Don't read a defense. They don't truly read a defense. Yep. They're they're reading one or two guys every play because they don't have to. Though, they don't part have of it. to. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to. You're running RPOs up and down the field, or the the spacing is so different. You know the the hash marks are so wide that you can get these real elaborate and really wide splits that really stress a defense. In the NFL, you're basically playing in the middle of the field the entire time, so you don't have the opportunity to one manipulate space like that. Two. Guys are a lot better at disguising their defense, holding. They're more athletic, so I can I can stay where I am and take away this uh, this throw option on your RPO and be fast enough to get back into the box and make the play. So like, it's just a completely different game. Majority of quarterbacks in college, like you literally don't read a defense. Like you don't have to come up there pre-snap and see, okay, they're showing me a single high safety, and all of a sudden they roll back to two high. You're not even looking at that because you're only reading the outside linebacker. And speaking of, and I saw this highlight, I haven't seen Hard Knocks uh, season or episode three yet, mm-hmm. but there's a video of Aaron Rodgers in against Tampa, so it's in like a practice situation. Mm-hmm. They're, they're scrimmaging. And uh, yeah, I saw that. The corner comes up yeah. and starts to like show he's going to blitz. He's like, mm-hmm. "You're not going to blitz. Back up, back up. You're not going to blitz. You're not going to yeah. blitz." And as soon as the ball snapped, the guy runs out. Yeah, because like Aaron yeah. just knew from you know that, and that's the part 
of, and I don't know if Alex will be a serious person at some point today, but like <laughs> that's the part with Jordan Love that that's going to take a lot of time. For sure. That's with, take a, time. a crazy nah, amount of time. I'll have it down by week one. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, though, I will be serious for one moment, and then the rest of the show I will not be. <laughs> I am intrigued to see development from stuff like that, right? Yes. Like the the mm. the stuff you only know if you are a savvy vet, yeah. a really top tier quarterback, like mm-hmm. a damn like holy smokes, this guy's incredible type guy. And you have to fail to do it. Like yeah. I just listened to a podcast with Charles Barkley. He said what made boxing great back in the day was that you've lost and mm-hmm. came back. Great players, great athletes. You don't know they're great until they fail. Mm-hmm. So Jordan Love's going to have to go out Ooh. there and fail. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I mean, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers was six and ten. Yep. He had some some mistakes but, out there. But it, it, to that point, right? Yeah. Like, and we've said all along all offseason, the record really doesn't matter all. for the mm-hmm. Packers. It does a little bit because if they're two and fifteen, it matters, right? But okay, but like, but if they go six and eleven, it doesn't does, matter. How does it matter for Jordan Love? Uh, it matters a for love, yeah, because but if he's only managing to win two I guess games, too, like, that's just, bad. Well, it depends. Justin Fields won three, but Chicago's. you saw the flashes, but, and they lost eight. Their own eight one score games. You would argue though, Jimmy, that the Bears last year were not set up like they were. They were selling. They at the were deadline, worse last. I don't right. I, like they were not set up to really help Justin. The Bears Fields still the have, I think, on offense at least outside of the quarterback, have the least amount of talent in the NFC North. Mm. Like I love adding uh, DJ close. Moore. It's close. At least proven. Their offensive line, especially, like is very That's it right there. Very rough shot. And so there's still a ton going on. You have Matt LaFleur. Well, you have um Getsy in Chicago. He's now in your two calling plays. I believe yeah. the the Lions coach has at least called offensive plays for three or four years in mm-hmm. the for the Vikings guy. So just the overall experience in there. Yeah. Chicago again, Chicago's where Detroit was last year. Like yeah. Chicago's gonna for win sure. somewhere between six and nine games mm-hmm. unless Justin Fields turns into Jalen Hurts, which I for don't sure. think happens next year. Mm-hmm. I mean this upcoming season. So mm-hmm. like Green Bay, I think I, I said this earlier. I think outside the quarterback position, Green Bay might have the second most amount of talent on the football team in the North. Uh, Ooh, behind tough. who? Minnesota or Detroit? No, Detroit. Okay, Minnesota's shedding players now. Again, Jordan Addison could blow up, and you know, right. I'm saying on paper going in. I mean, Chicago added Edmonds and Edwards, and that's gonna, but they still are just a disaster on the D line. They are, yeah. The, the, the trenches is where they they struggle. Offensive, Chicago, defensive, yeah. Chicago's interesting. Um, They're boom or bust. I could see them sure. winning five games and being like one in one in seven in one score games again. But looking really like they're moving forward. Yeah, looking better. Yeah, the, they're just very the thin. arrow is certainly pointing up. They're very thin. They're very young and very thin. Chicago, Green Bay's got a nice balance between the two. Chris, hey man, this might not be this might not be a happy year for to be a Packers fan, man. Why are you saying that? Why are you growing, talking like that? Growing pains, and, and I'm sure there will be some. For right? sure, like it's such a young team. There's no doubt there will be some. But could there be a case to be made? That this is a team that just meshes early, right? Like the, the, they get past the growing pains after week four, in the last twelve weeks of the season, huh? I think it's going to go the other. I think they're going to look good early because there's no tape on what this mm-hmm. offense looks like with Jordan Love. Then they're going to struggle, and then we'll figure out what they are. Yeah, I think they could start looking really good in the first four so games. Let, the next four games could be like, oh, and what's going on? Let's view it this way. Then. And then the so, rest of the season. So, so you're thinking like uh, uh, until early October, mid October, they're looking good. And then from mid-October to Thanksgiving, they're struggling. And then Thanksgiving through the last, I think, six weeks, that might be what they are? At least for that season, yeah. I mean, I mean, not forever because, again, they're very young, too. The Packers yeah. have a nice mix of like having veterans and young. so they're, They don't have a ton of veterans. I mean, younger veterans. A defense sure. they do, though. 
mean, mean with Sean they, Gary. They, they, I mean, okay. Kenny Clark. If you're calling Gary and Clark veterans. Campbell, yes, okay. Jair. I mean, yeah, that's that stat everybody loves throwing around is they have four people over the 30 or older. Only four people. Yeah, but that's not. I wouldn't call Hunter that. Hunter is one of them. I, w- I would call anybody with three-plus years of experience. That's a, that's, that's a true vet, to be honest. But, man, I've I just been thinking about what we talked about earlier with Aaron Rodgers, like calling out the pressure, just using that as, as an example. And speaking of Jordan Love, that is, that is something that's, that's real. You don't, you don't necessarily have to be – you don't have to be an elite quarterback to do that. You have to be seasoned, though. Yeah. You have to be seasoned. Well, you saw Cam Newton do it. Remember yeah, with Cam Clay Newton Matthews? Did it. Uh, Teddy, Teddy did it to me. Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> did it to me in practice every day. So, like, it, but it just comes with being seasoned. Like, you have to be hurt by some of these yes. things. Like, not understanding who's coming, who's not, who's bluffing based off of safety rotation or whatever and, like – what are the true coverages that this defense plays? What are they just trying to show me? Like, what's a mirage and what's real? So, like, it's just going to take Jordan Love some time to get through that. And, like, the pain that comes with it, like getting hit in the back or something like that because you slid the protection the wrong way, that's, that's what will come with it. Like, it's truly a, a growing process. Like, I think, you, I think you're happy if Jordan Love performs in the – 14 to 17 range of quarterbacks in the NFL. I think you're happy with that, and you yeah. feel like you can you can grow from there for sure. And we'll talk about it on the other side. I, I said this, and you can think about it during the break. I think he's some sort of like like his ceiling is some sort of Tannehill or Alex mm. Smith hybrid there. Yeah. Josh Madison says it's fail or pass in the preseason. Uh, Jordan Love passes. I'll say that's pretty close. I mean, yeah. I don't know if Lucas Van Ness maybe he failed the preseason, but I don't think he's like a failure. But yeah. if you want to say you fail or pass the preseason. And Jordan Love passed the preseason. I agree with that. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. says Harry Potter night sounds fun. Maybe your daughter loves baseball after an outstanding marketing tool to get you meet to the park. Absolutely, Tim. It's good marketing. I, I mean, that's the point of those theme nights there, but eh, I don't want to drive all the way to Milwaukee just to see no. the Brewers play San Diego. I'm not a big... <laughs> my brother is a huge baseball fan, and he's been messaging me about the Brewers, and he knows like I like the Cubs, and he was trying to get me like like riled up or talk about it. I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, <laughs> Brewers are cut. Like they're just going to get led to slaughter by the Dodgers or the Braves. Like that's yeah. like that's it. Win the division. Don't like. I don't really care because they're not <laughs> like they're so far away from those teams. Grow up, Jim. It's not even worth like. I mean, go enjoy the game and have fun. I'm just not getting riled up of like, oh, are the Brewers going to win the division or are the Cubs going to? I don't care. Right. Five in a row, brother. Five in a row. Can they beat a National League team? They got swept by. That's my point. With my dot. Like my brother. He's like, I'm not even worried about the Dodgers. I'm like, you got swept by them less than a week ago. Like a week ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see what they do this weekend. And I was like, are you in the American League? San Diego isn't any good. Uh, not this year. They're not. Right. So this they is the year that matters. Yes. Well. Okay, but that's you just have to make it beat a National League team. Okay, the but I mean, like, are a National League a team. good National League team. They don't play. Well, I mean, I guess they play the Cubs. I don't know if they're good or not, but they play them coming up. Uh, well, what would you say? Are the Cubs good? They're like the Brewers. They're slightly above average. So not Ooh. good. No, uh, nobody in the NL Central is good compared to the Braves and the Dodgers. Nobody in the NL Central is good. I, I mean, I, look, I'm not going to sit here and argue that, but we're San Diego this year. Oh yeah, they're bad. Yeah, they're 18 <laughs> games back in yeah. the division lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. 
Uh, you know what? It could be a good time is going out with the Let's Go Red Pub Crawl Thursday, September 7th, 530 to 9 o'clock. Free t-shirts and koozies, and you get 15 chances to win uh, this pretty sick-looking bike as well. So Lucky's 13, Scotty's Bar, Bar, and Mondays, along with Whiskey Jack Saloons, are just some of the places. So make sure to join the pub crawl Thursday, September 7th, 530 to 9, uh, with our good friends at Coors Light. He's Chris Orr. I am Jim Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Alex Strophe on the glass of the Everlight Solar Studio. Get into the show, 844-770-37. 76. Still, still just talking more preseason. The last preseason game, Chris, this one, it's harder for me to figure out. What, a couple years ago, was it pre-pandemic they played four? I don't yeah. know when they changed it. When yeah. they played four, this was the most worthless game mm-hmm. on the face of the planet. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it really was guys who were probably not going to make the mm-hmm. roster. And they could put some things on tape. I mean, it was useful for them. But I yeah, mean, like sure. as a fan, to take something yeah, out of it. Yeah, as a fan, it's not, there's not much for you right. to Right. It's just yeah. literally so they can put stuff yeah. on tape. And there's value to that. Mm-hmm. That's how guys get signed and, mm-hmm. and, and can picked up on different teams. For sure. But this game, I know that Green Bay's doing it. I believe the Chiefs are doing it. I believe the Steelers are. I know Chicago is. Like They're playing their starters some. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably going to be a series. Now, if, yeah. if Jordan Love goes out and throws a pick or throws a touchdown on like, the first two, three plays, they might say, okay, we'll go back out there. We yeah. want like <laughs> yeah. two plays is not worth it. Right. Or if it's a three right. and out, they might say, mm-hmm. okay, go out one more time just for like right. you can have some sort of lather worked right. up. But in general, mm-hmm. I-, I would say that this is a little different than it was back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very different because – now what what people have gone to is typically for I will say for the most part is like week one no starters play, week two your starters might get a series or if you got some young starters maybe a quarter, and then week three is you're probably looking at a snap count from like ten to fifteen plays, like if if Jordan loves driving the field and they got a good drive going they probably want to see if you can finish with a touchdown just to boost some morale but. Outside of that, yeah, you probably won't get more than 10 or 15 plays, to be honest. We're catching shots on the talking text line here, Alex Strofe. I don't know. Look, is Josh and Madison, is he paying me a compliment? Or is he – the word that bothers me is vanilla. I, I Yeah, vanilla is the word that bothers you. I'll read it. <laughs> but I think it's a compliment from Josh and Madison. Jim, you are the opposite of Colin Coward. You only give the most boring, vanilla, logical takes. So it seems like a shot when he says boring vanilla. Yeah. But then he says logical. Yes. Logical seems like a compliment to me. Right. <laughs> it, it means you're smart. Right. And you're not overreacting. Boring is the word that triggers me. But I think he's trying to be nice. I don't think he's that a fan of That seems like Colin a compliment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because so I'll take that. He, he listens a lot. He texts in quite yeah. a bit, Josh and Madison. And I'm fine either way. I mean, as long as you're listening, I'm fine either way. But Eric and Madison. This one's taking a shot at Chris. Yes. He says, help me play my new game. I'm going to sip a Coors Light every time Chris Orr says, to be honest. <laughs> A sipping sound on air would be helpful. I'll work on that hey, for Eric, you, Eric. Eric, we're gonna make sure I'm gonna make sure you pass out, man. I'm gonna make sure you pass out if you're taking a sip every time I say it. Now I'm gonna say it every every sentence. To, to be, be honest, honest. To be honest, you want him to pass yeah, out. To be honest, it'd be amazing if you just had a few more sips. You know, it, it it wouldn't be enough to be honest unless you had enough sips to finish an entire course box. You want to just fire a few off so you can just chug one. To be honest, Eric, I mean, to be honest, I don't even know if you're in Madison. You might be in, I don't know, to be honest, you could be in, you could be in some prairie, brother. Anyway, Eric and Madison, to be honest, I appreciate the feedback, brother. And uh, to be honest, I hope you have a splendid time playing your SIP game. To be honest, we were super <laughs> long last segment, so we're going to catch up now. This is about Hamilton presented by Coors Light. <laughs> 
listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. I don't get stressed, just gonna get figured out. Oh, deep conversation that the waffle house. Hell strong father and a determined mother. Oh, that's why some nights we try to kill each other. But you know it's always love. Free Jonathan Taylor. We start that. We start a hashtag for that. Yes. Alex, you with us on that one? Yeah. I mean, Free JT. As much Pay as I JT. like, as much as I like Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, my former Badger. Yeah. I hate, I hate Jim Irsay. Yeah. It's not Chris. No. It's Jim. No. Yes. You have a relationship Chris. with Chris at all? Yeah. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Have you talked to him about this? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Not well, either. I mean, all you we call him up. No. What you what, no. what you need to know about this is that I mean, Ursay rolled up in his bus and this went from a quiet Jonathan yeah. Taylor not being happy, mm-hmm. kind of asking for a trade to a public thing mm-hmm. because, of however, mm-hmm. whatever happened there, how Ursay treated him, mm-hmm. not great. And I, this comes a little bit to Taylor not. Uh, I think there's a little bit of lacking trust with the mm-hmm. training staff too, mm-hmm. and then they're not paying him, so it's yep. it's done in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean. All the trainers in the NFL, don't get me wrong, like all the trainers, you want your you want to take care of your players and get them back out there doing what they do, playing ball. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the training staff works for the organization. They're they're a part of the office. They're not a part of the the players. You know, they're they're not fighting for the players. Like there's gonna be a lot of guys that are injured right now in training camp. I'll tell you how it works. There's some guys injured right now in training camp, and they're gonna get released when the roster cut down date happens. And the training staff is going to tell them, like, oh, man, I don't know if you should put that injury on your report because you don't want a team thinking you're injured. When in reality, they don't want you to do that because they don't want you to get the injury settlement because a, a team would have to pay you because you're injured, because they're firing you while you're hurt, essentially. That's essentially what's happening. You got hurt at work, and then you got fired. <laughs> they have to pay you severance, essentially. That's that's mm-hmm. what an injury settlement is in the, in the NFL. And the trainers work their hardest to get you not to do that. Well, and there's a flip side to it. I just saw that Chicago just put Dante Pettis on mm-hmm. the injured reserve. But he was yep. a, a decent player from last year. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, I think the Packers done this too, of like, it's Almost like a th- like a player who's been up, you know, they don't really want to cut this guy, yeah. and he's been around, and so now he's hurt. And you can just they're mm-hmm. not really hurt for the whole year, but you mm-hmm. just call him hurt for the whole year, so you can yeah. pay them and kind mm-hmm. of reward them for being for sure. Because I mean, he doesn't have a big salary for sure, I mean, so it's like, hey, you're just going to take much this, money. right? Yeah. We'll keep yeah. you around. You're a good guy to have around, but now we don't have to like mm-hmm. have a roster spot for you. You're not going to be able to play, but yeah. at the same time, for sure, for sure. I don't know how that works if the player is okay with that yeah. because if if let's say. Uh, let's just use Pettis in this situation. If you're hurt and it's like, okay, I can be back in four weeks or mm-hmm. five weeks, don't want to get paid, or just say, you know what, I can just let my body recover yeah. and then yeah. be ready to go. Well, usually what happens is if they sign you to IR, you get half of your salary. Okay. So you get half of your salary for however many weeks you're on IR. And then um, unless in your contract you negotiate a no split, and a no split just means that if I go on IR, I still get my full salary. So – yeah, yeah. Usually, especially if you're he's his contract probably isn't that much. Yeah, they don't they don't mind giving you half of that. Like they don't they don't mind that at all for sure. But for the most part, they don't work like that. Where do you think Taylor's gonna end up? Where do I think he's gonna end up? I think he's gonna end up on a contender. I don't think he's going to. I think he's gonna upgrade. Uh, 
I think there's some teams out there who who are like uh, understand how vital a piece of dynamic running back is. Like the talk that running backs, the the value has diminished. Like yes, that is true, but at the end of the day, you cannot replace an elite running back. Like you can you can't you can't say that this college guy that I'm going to draft, he's going to be one of the top five running backs in the NFL here in the next two or three years because it, it doesn't work like that. Like, even if you take, even if you use the example of Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey being added to the San Francisco 49ers team elevated them so much. It helped Brock Purdy so much. If you, if you replace Christian McCaffrey with just any other running back, any other starting running back outside of the elite, any other starting running back in the NFL, it doesn't work the same. It doesn't do the same thing. So you can't you can't negate what JT has done in the NFL, what he's done his entire career. He's a true workhorse that like a lot of teams are lacking. There's only he's one of three workhorses in the NFL, if I'm being completely honest. It's him, Nick Chubb, and Derrick Henry. Those are the three workhorses of the NFL. You can't replace that. Now, like even somebody like Dallas, who has Tony Pollard, he's not a true workhorse though. Like you need a what what Tony Pollard benefited from was having Ezekiel Elliott, who was JT before he, all of his injuries, you know, and, and issues or whatever. So, I think he might end up, man. I think I could see him in Buffalo, Baltimore, or even Kansas City. Dolphins had an offer. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, I feel like that's going to come back. I heard it got rejected. Yeah, I think they're going to keep trying too. Because yeah. uh, then they keep trying. They they were trying for somebody else. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I want to say. It might have uh, been him. Jacobs was a guy that yeah, they've been floated yeah, yeah. to as yeah. well. They're trying to get it back. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. He's Chris Orr. I'm Jim Rutledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're presented by Coors Light. Alex Stroff behind the glass. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. Where do you want to see our good friend uh, Jonathan Taylor? I want to talk about Giannis. And we don't have audio of this, but from the New York Times. Oh. Giannis had this to say. And I'm going to preface this by saying I have no problem with it mm-hmm. because this is what I predicted, I believe, when Alex Strofe and I did a show out at the um, where the forward play. The forward the, club. The forward club with our friends at Coors Light. I said these words, and Chris, I want to know your thought on it. Giannis is loyal, mm-hmm. but he's not an idiot. Yeah. Meaning he's not leaving Milwaukee because he wants to go play with his buddies in Miami mm. or L.A. or New York. <laughs> like, that's not what he's going to do. Right. And I, I didn't even mean that a shot at LeBron. <laughs> it was more of a shot at Dame, but I get the LeBron. <laughs> Honestly, it was. I thought it was LeBron. I mean, it, I mean, it was probably subconsciously, but it was a shot at Dame. But, Le, like, Giannis is one of those where if he leaves, it's because he wants to win mm-hmm. more titles. Like, Giannis yeah. is driven to be great. For sure. And like Steph Curry, uh, and I think he's driven to be great with one spe- like old school great. Mm-hmm. LeBron's driven to be great, but it's a little different. It's LeBron doesn't care where he's winning the rings. Right. I think Giannis, in a perfect world, wants to win multiple rings with the Milwaukee Bucks yeah, and go sure. down as one of those rare players mm-hmm. that like essentially for the majority, the important part of their career, they're on one team. Yeah, you know, Steph Curry is doing that. Yeah, I mean Jordan had a little bit uh, with at the end with the Wizards, but otherwise he's a bull. Do you know Jordan played 82 games with the Wizards and played 38 <laughs> minutes a game at 42 years old and scored 20 points a game, Chris Orr? But anyways. With getting a break. What's that? He took a break. Okay. okay. At 40-something years old. Anyways. Um, 
Giannis had this to say, I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody is on the same page. Everybody's going for a championship. Everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. Mm. And if I don't feel that, I'm not signing. Mm. Now, to me, that's a shot across the, the bow to the— It is a shot. But it's to his teammates, mm-hmm. it's to the coaches, and it's to the organization. Yeah, He's not everybody. saying, I'm leaving mm-hmm. just to leave. Mm-hmm. He's saying, put on your big boy pants, yeah. and we're going to go win titles, mm-hmm. or I'll go do it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's basically saying, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. Like, if, if you're rebuilding, I'm out. Because I, I, I want to win right now. And I don't want to be in purgatory. I don't yeah, want to be yeah. this like, hey, we're happy to be there. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And, I mean, that's a real thing, especially in, in pro sports. Like, you know, when people talk about teams being in a rebuild or whatever, like the NFL, NBA, any type of pro league, it is a win right now. That's why you see so much turnover on the roster. You might not see it from a handful of your superstar players or whatever, but for the most part, there's a big turnover on the rosters because it's like we need to win right now. At least if you're if you're doing it the right way, that's what you're thinking about. And I I mean, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a bad thing that he said. I don't think it's bad at all. I mean, I think it's it's how every player should feel, to be honest, especially a superstar. Alex, help me phrase this for our, our poll question. It, what'd you say? I said to be honest again. Another <laughs> sip, Eric. Uh, he's appreciating. He's having a good Friday. He did chime in. Making his day is what he chimed in to say. Uh, also, 608, Mike uh, in Lake Wisconsin chimed in and said, anytime you can get compared to Colin Cowherd in the opposite way is a compliment. So thank you. And Josh said it was a compliment as well, following up on that. So, Alex, we can figure out how to, to ask this question. Basically, do you have a problem with Giannis saying, Either we're in it to win championships, or I don't want to be here. Because mm-hmm. that's the way. I, that's basically how yeah. I interpret it. Is that a fair interpretation? Do we agree on a team? Sure. I do, but I I think you just leave it more open ended. Are you worried about Giannis's comments to the New York Times? Mm. But worried, I think people are going to say no. He's just not going to leave. And I, I I'm worried. Are right. you not? Okay. Look, I I understand Giannis's point. Right. Like his point to, is is exactly what you just said, Jim. I think he's trying to gain some leverage. And put some pressure on the front office, and rightfully so. He should. He's the best player in the NBA, debatably. Yes. And if they if if the best player in the NBA isn't winning titles, that's an issue. Yeah. What did LeBron do? And I like in retrospect, they don't have a huge issue with it. I have mm-hmm. a huge issue of how he built a super team in Miami, but I don't have an issue with him leaving Cleveland. I have an issue, with, and well, I agree with not with the leaving is not the issue. The super team I have an Correct. issue with, but also how he did it. And that's fair. Yeah, it was stupid. The, the, the stupid ESPN program where he yeah. sits down for an hour and drags it out. But and outside of like stands, most haters. people are like, "Yeah, LeBron should not have done it." Was it was extra, I'm right? Hate but talk. but with not Le- one, hate talk. not two. No, I like LeBron. I do. I always have. Definitely not three or four. Now. <laughs> um, but but I I didn't have an issue with him going because K- Cleveland was not putting the pieces around him to win exactly. titles. Yeah. Right, and then he went and won titles, and then he came back, and mm-hmm. they had a very good piece in Kyrie Irving around mm-hmm. him. They won another title. Then he went to L.A. and won another title. Mm-hmm. Right, so I, I don't have a huge issue with it, but for Giannis, to your point, Jimmy, he is loyal and almost to a fault. Right, he's in the smallest NBA market, and he just won a title with them two years ago. Mm-hmm. But this is a team that's championship window is starting to feel like it's shutting a little bit, and they've only won one title. So posted then how you know I'll, I'll you posted how I'll leave that you have the the uh, pulse of the fans there. So post it how you'd like. Just let me know how you post it. And I'm worried more in the fact that I don't know what else the Bucks can do right now. They're very handcuffed because yeah. Chris Middleton, you had to bring him back. Mm-hmm. He's got a bulky knee. 
Hopefully his health, his wrist, the knee, the whole thing is good to go this year. Drew Holiday, he's getting older. Yeah. There's too much on his plate. They still don't really have a back. They don't have another ball handler. Yeah. They need another ball handler. And you, I feel like they need a star ball handler. That'd be even better. Yeah. And they have Bobby Portis, which is good. I, I think Bochamp is an ascending player. I do mm-hmm. think they have. So I don't think he's the next Chris Middleton or something, but right. I think he can be a starting NFL player in a championship level team, which mm-hmm. is a good player. So right. Bochamp is an ascending player. I like. I like that player. And. I like you know some of the other moves they've done, but uh, I mean I really like uh, who's oh, all of a sudden it's escaped me because I haven't thought about him for a minute. They got him from the Lakers. He played for Lake Beasley. I mm. like the Beasley like signing. The Beasley, I yeah. really like that signing. I would love for them to move. Um, I wanted to call him JJ Reddick, Grayson Allen. <laughs> I would love them to move Grayson Allen for just the equivalent of Grayson Allen, but as a ball handler. Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. now you have Beasley, mm-hmm. and I, I think if Middleton's healthy and you have Coddington, right. if he's back healthy, and then you have um, the bowl champ as he right. improves as a shooter, and mm-hmm. Portis can knock down some shots, I think you can let the 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 uh, I did it again the Grayson Allen go. Yeah. Uh, so we'll follow up on that. How do we end up ordering it as we go to break here? Do Giannis Antetokounmpo's comments to the New York Times make you worried about his future in Milwaukee? Yes, I'm worried. No, not worried. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Alex Strofe, so out of shape you can't stretch properly, Chris Orr. Is that what you're getting at? Exactly. Look, his stretching looks unathletic. <laughs> what were you doing back there? Oh, yeah, you're stretching like a 90-year-old man. What are you doing? Or, or yeah. Oh, man, that's bad, Alex. When was the last time you done something athletic? Yesterday, I called a high school football game in a sauna. That's not athletic. It's not really athletic. I'm sore. <laughs> You're oh sore? Oh, my God. We need an intervention. Well, I think it's because I was carrying the heavy equipment uphill. <laughs> I don't get sore after working out of carbon anymore. Like, you should not be sore. <laughs> like, I might have a little bit of a tight. That equipment not that heavy, bro. You yeah. need to bring me to carbon. I know. That's what I was worried about here. So, I, yeah, you should come to Carbon World Health with me. I'm curious what you could do for the weight because, Chris, what they're doing now in, in the, on the weightlifting side of things is this whole month was like heavy set month. So everything Ooh. was four sets of 15. Ooh. And I would just curse at the trainer the whole time. <laughs> like, why are, you, why are you so mean? Because that, like a carbon, it, it never is. Because what you want to do is like, just give me a big weight and I'll push it up. But it's yeah. never that. It's always like, we're going to give you like a, a weight that might seem a little light, but yeah. you're going to have to do it like 100 times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once, you, once you get to that... That back end of those reps, you're yeah. gonna feel it. You're gonna feel oh, it. Oh yeah, because by the end, like yeah. then at the very end, like oh, and then you have to do like a thousand meters mm-hmm. on the on the on the ski machine. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I you could have told me that, so I gotta pace myself for that. <laughs> I thought I was done. You had back to back supersets, and now you throw this at me. It's unfair. That's good. Uh, it's what, good yeah, work. It is good workout. It's great workout over at Carbon World Health. You can do recovery afterwards with red light or with the cryo. Also, you can take some of like glutide like I am taking. Uh, it's dropped my body fat down to about 8.7%. I've dropped around 30 pounds, so I'm about like 197 with uh, about 9%. Sometimes 8% body fat depends on the day I, I get uh, tested over there with their in-body scan. 
and you can figure out your weight loss journey. Uh, talk to Dr. Nasriga, sign up for a six-week experience. You'll get the chance to meet with him, and they'll figure out what the best way for you to lose weight is. It could be the semi-glutide like I'm doing. It could be hormone replacement. It could be just working out there. It could be changes in your diet, but that's the thing. It's not just go to the gym and, and run around for a little bit. It's like we're going to come up with a plan, and you're going to work that plan. You're going to gain muscle, and you're going to lose fat at Carbon World Health. So, Alex, you, may, you might need to get over there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love don't, it. I don't think, and I mean, I believe this happened to Greg Scalzo. I don't think you could get through, like, the workout, I'll, I'll give you credit to get, like, the warm up, which yeah. is, a, like, it's intense. Yeah. Like, your heart yeah. rate gets If you don't normally work out, should be, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, it can really get you going. Uh, but I do like to have the heart monitor on. So then, like, you see, like, now it's like, oh, I'm almost always in, like, the yellow. Right. And, but, like, when I first got there, I'm in the red, like, everything. Like, <laughs> like, everything's in the red where they have your heart rate for your age. But, Alex, I don't think you get through, there's, like, the heavy set and the light set, like, a hit sets where it's, mm. like, you're not doing a lot of heavy weight, yeah. but you're doing a lot of, like, high reps. intensity interval training. Yes. Yeah. There I don't you go. Th- I don't ding, think, ding. I don't think you make it through it. I would we, like to put that to challenge. We need to get an office combine going, yeah. man. A 20 we've yard been, We've dash, been talking about this for a while. We actually need dash, to get this going. Some squats, yeah. some they'll, benching they'll, or something. They'll have us there, yeah. All right, work out. us there. Me, yeah. you, Chris, Matt. Uh, who else? Everybody. You I want to, everybody? I want to see everybody's athleticism. Yeah. All the way. Yeah. Dennis Semrau. Uh, I want Alex G. I, I want the whole crew. I need to see Jesse. Yeah, Jesse Nelson. Oh, Jesse needs to be there. You're right. Hunter. Yeah, I think maybe some of it's like they could be like uh, like some of you have to pull like today I had to do the pulling the sled with a rope, mm. which is just awful. Maybe like, we just need to go up there and do a workout, right? But yeah, you, yeah, you should. Like the third time through at that one, you're like, oh my god, we got to do this again. <laughs> the first time it's fine, but the third time you're like, oh my, I, I don't because it's all within like five minutes of yeah, each other. It's sure, not like you're sure, right coming sure. back to it later. So I think that'd be a good time over there at uh, at Carbon World Health. Strove, who do you think? Whatever was put on blast. Who do you think the least in shape person in the office is? Jesse Nelson. Jesse Nelson? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. You think, think he's in less shape than you? Oh, yeah. 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 Strofe <laughs> is... Uh, I'm I not this, in bad shape. Well, I, I just don't work out. So Molly Brown and I, I did uh, a... Um, we do a podcast called First Watch. We did the movie Pee Wee Herman. Mm-hmm. And she said that some of the fits that Pee Wee wear are kind of common now. The pants are a little short, yeah. tighter suit. And I said, like, I, I think you would fall in a... Like, I'm not as big as you, but like I'm too big to wear the tight like yeah, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. You have to be kind of no. a certain yeah. body yes. built to it. And I said, "It's Strofe is a is a is a slender man. <laughs> he can wear the Pee Wee Herman outfit because it, you don't have any muscles to like hurt it." It's sad how many times I've been compared to Pee Wee Herman in my life. <laughs> have you ever thought of going as Pee Wee Herman for Halloween? Would you come into the office as no, Pee Wee Herman? Here's the thing, Jimmy. I, I don't put thought into Halloween until it is Halloween. But this, mm. all you'd have to do I is. I was just... a farmer last year. <laughs> I wore a plaid shirt for well, Walmart. All right, so Maddie's not here. Maybe we can find someone to help, re- to help you remember. It's literally going down to Goodwill or St. Vinny's and just getting a, an old, t- like, tight fitting gray suit. I bet you could find one that would be, be less than $10 costume, I bet. All yeah. right, I'll work on it. The bow tie might be the most expensive part because you might not be able to find that at, like, a. I think I own a bow tie. There you go. Right, though. Let's be right. I don't own a red one. Okay. I don't wear bow ties. I don't believe in bow ties. You're, well, who does? I mean, like. I don't believe in bow ties. I don't. What, what do you mean, don't believe mean? in them? Yeah. I don't believe in them. I don't think it's a, it's a piece of formal wear. I don't think it makes you look formal. Whereas, like, a normal necktie makes you look formal. So oh, what I, do you think a bow tie does? It makes you look silly? It makes you look like a high school science teacher, yeah. <laughs> I think there's people that can pull it off. Yeah, you can pull off I a don't. bow tie. 
I believe the one and only person, speaking of science teachers, is Bill Nye the science guy. I Everybody think, else I think that wears a bow tie is a fraud. Tie. You, you could or I could? I think like anybody could. If you Yeah, but it doesn't make you look you formal. I think it right. makes you look silly. <sighs> Should we pull it? Are bow ties fashionable? Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's pull yes. this. Can yes. I ask you a question? Me or Chris? You. Yeah, what's well, up? Chris can answer this too. You said bow ties make you look silly? Yeah. I'm going to give you someone who did not look silly with a bow tie. Who's that? Who I thought of immediately with a bow tie. Who do you think of when you think of bow tie? Not Pee Wee Herman. Because Pee Wee Herman, yes, silly. I think of Bill Nye the Science guy. I think of a few people. I definitely think of Cam Newton. Okay. Just because he started wearing them a lot. Mm-hmm. I want to say, say I'm thinking of Prince or Michael Jackson. I don't know why. Oh, I don't know. They immediately popped Who are you thinking of? I'm thinking of Malcolm X. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. He always had a bow tie. Malcolm X made a bow tie look fashionable. All right. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, that. And, but also, like, like, it was formal. Like, it was part of a whole suit. Like, when Correct. you thought, when you talk about a formal, like, you were coming to a serious event, that was yeah. looked. Yeah, you got to have the full suit on. Yeah. I think a necktie without a suit is silly. I, I think agree. that's silly. I think a necktie overall or a bow tie overall is. Silly. I hate what. Well, first of all, I hate wearing anything around my neck. I hate it. it if I have to wear a necktie, it's, I, I wear it more of like you see the detective in like the '90s movies where it's yeah. kind of like loose and like I have the yeah, pop yeah, button yeah, on button. I, I don't like it. Uh, my neck is not as thick as yours, but like I have a I hard time it. with shirts because it's like I yeah. either they're they don't fit right and it's like I feel like yeah. I'm getting choked the whole yeah, time if I'm sure. wearing a necktie and it's button mm-hmm. all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will share this. Uh, there is one giant. Goofball, who is the heir to a uh, Carlson chicken thing uh, that would is a giant doofus that wears a a bow tie. He's got a show now on X. This is Roger Hamilton presented by Coors Light. <laughs>